You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 317 of Podcateers. This week, we took a break from the news cycle and decided to list out some of our favorite things again. We loved revisiting the Disney tag some episodes ago, so we're doing it again with a new set of questions. We still don't know what to officially call it, so for now we're just kind of calling it the Disney Tag 2.0. If you have a better name, please leave a comment over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. We'd love some suggestions because we'd love to do more of these. Plus, if you'd like a copy of the questions to answer for yourself, head over to podcateers.com 316. And if you post your answers, please tag us so that we can share your responses. This episode of Podcateers is brought to you in part by the generosity of the FGP Squad, our podcast for godparents, through their support via Patreon. If you would like more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, head over to podcateers.com FGP. And to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we'd like to send a huge thank you to all of you for your continued support. Uh, so that's it. Really short intro. We're going to jump right into this episode. So here is episode 317 of Podcateers. Woo. All right. We're just going to take a break from all the stuff that's going on. All the news bad news good news whatever you want to call it and a few episodes ago we revisited the disney tag which was a challenge that was thrown at us back in 2016 and gavin created a new set of questions for us so this is kind of the disney tag 3.0 because i guess the last one the (laughs) update was 2.0 Mm-hmm, or was mm-hmm, the last mm-hmm. one 1.5 and this is 2.0? Because the other one I was mean, technically an update of the original, so maybe it's 1.5. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Let's go with that. I think. Okay, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. I'll I'll let the, whatever's easier. I'll let that be the the version. <laughs> well, what were you we gonna with. call it? What What were you gonna say? Because <clears throat> maybe yours is better. No, I think yours is valid. I, I like it. I didn't have a better idea. Okay, okay. So we're gonna call this one the Disney Tag 2.0 officially. And the last episode was 1.5 because it was just a refresh of the original version. Right. Cool. Cool. Okay. (laughs) And and as a teaser, I would say you can expect a 3.0 at some point. Yes. Because I have other ideas. That's fantastic because I love these. (laughs) Uh, I know that a lot of people listening love these as well. And we love hearing people's answers. So... The questions for this new Disney tag. Are we calling it the Disney tag? What are we going to call this one? I mean, Podcateer Pop Quiz. I don't know. I love it. I don't know. I love uh, it. It could be <laughs> um, your podcasting dating profile. Ooh. It could be. <laughs> okay. Ooh, <laughs> like fancy. Long walks on the beach. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, could be, it could be like the, the magic survey or something. Oh, interesting. I don't know. These are all dumb ideas. Well, uh, look, Disney Tag. <laughs> let's. Why? But I don't, get why ideas. <laughs> I don't get why it was called Disney Tag. What, did, because they you like tag the next yeah, person. Yeah, you were tagging the next person. It? Yeah. It was okay. just a set of Disney yeah. questions and you're playing Disney Tag with it. So I, then I say this is the Podcateer's personal pop quiz. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. The Podcateer's pop quiz. <laughs> there you go. 
because <laughs> if you listen to our last episode, we talked about Lin-Manuel Miranda and his cadence. So from now on, I'm just going to go ahead and start doing the same thing as I'm talking throughout the episode. <laughs> and just when it's not normal, oh boy. <laughs> there's going to be things that are just going to pop here and there. I'm actually not going to do that. That's going to get super tiring after yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all of us. Yes. I'm tired of it now, and I just started doing it 30 seconds ago. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, again, these questions are going to circle around Disney parks, the Disneyland Resort in general, and movies. So who – I mean, we're just going to roundtable this, right, just like we have before. Yeah. And yeah. who wants yeah. to go first? Should we give? I don't mind going first. All right, well, let's Gavin have go Gavin first. go first since yeah. he did create the questions. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, Gavin, as we're talking about Disney parks, what yep. is your favorite Disney park attraction vehicle? This one is, it's actually one of the first questions I came up with. That's why it's number one. Uh, but it <laughs> ended up being way harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought I'd have an immediate answer, but then I started thinking and thinking and thinking and it turned into like a little bracket inside my head and I had match up versus vehicle versus vehicle <laughs> and it finally ended up and the champion for me ended up being the Mr. Toad motor cars. Oh, I wow. love those little like early era little roadsters that you get in. I love the colors. I've always loved the colors that they've chosen for them. The cool little plush like leather seat that you sit in with like the the cushioning in it and I just like everything about them. Uh I think they're well designed and they just they stand the test of time. They're just great designs. Nice. Yeah. That is a really great car. I mean, if I could have one of those in my living room, I totally would. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, plus it just looks classic, right? (laughs) It doesn't look like it's out of place, and it really classes up the joint. Right. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mel. Let's go to you. What's your favorite Disney Park attraction vehicle? I'm just going to say it's an Indy Jeep. Ooh, that is a okay. good one. And, okay. it's, and it was not easy to get there because just like Gavin, it was just like, oh, I'm trying not to do two. I'm trying not to do honorable mentions. I'm trying to stick to How one. dare you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> because now when I do it, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm that jerk. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Uh, okay, hilarious. fine. My honorable mention All was right. Team Buggy. Well nice. done. <laughs> now I won't feel bad doing mine. <laughs> <laughs> Those indie jeeps are awesome, though, right? Especially oh, yeah. so good. if you could get them with the hydraulic system so that when you're driving down the street, it's just like bam, 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 like all over the place. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I kind of pretend when I'm going down like little dips and I'll just like release gas. <laughs> There we go. (laughs) You're hitting the switches on the Jeep. Is that what's happening? In in our culture, in the Mexican culture, there's a lot of cars that are modified to to do that type of dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. a it's a really awesome thing to see if you've never seen it. But anyhow, oh, I see several of them. (laughs) uh, Well, I don't get out as much this year, but uh, previously uh, we are. Uh, we're basically right where Tustin meets Santa Ana. And so in this neighborhood and the neighborhood closer to downtown Santa Ana, where I live, I see lots of them. And I had never really been exposed to them in real life. There's some 
sweet cars. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, some <laughs> souped up cars. And then all of a sudden they go three feet up in the air. Uh-huh. You're like, what uh-huh. the heck? Yep. It's awesome, uh-huh. dude. I love that stuff. Remember, Ramon's got to do oh, that in dude. Cars Land. Yeah, one every day. time I one see day. one, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Ramon. <laughs> I love dude, it. Dude, if Ramon ever started doing that in Cars Land, I would possibly pee myself. I know. We talked about that. They needed to add more mm-hmm. of the cars. And Ramon is the one. He could come up and be dolled up for every holiday, mm-hmm. every event, like have a new skin. You could throw some hydraulics on there. Dude, oh, forget es- about it. Especially <laughs> considering that painting a car now isn't really painting a car. Like you could put a car wrap on it and it gives yeah, you that's that, that entire yeah. look that totally. you're completely right. Like they could dress them up for everything. And they can mm-hmm. easily add hydraulics to the car and have an entire show with him, bring DJ back, and DJ plays music, oh, and Ramon starts, yes. you know, dancing to the music. Ah! You're welcome, Done. Disney. Done. You are welcome. He could, en- he could enter <laughs> to Lowrider right? every time. Just as soon as you and hear I it. I wouldn't be. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, there you go. Ramon's coming. And <laughs> we just got a copyright strike on YouTube. Thanks, Gavin. Uh, <laughs> you did it, not me. <laughs> Look, you're not going to mention a song to me and not expect me to sing it or not sing it, right? Fair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that that's an awesome idea. I love the fact that those Jeeps just. They also look awesome. They right? do. All you would need is what are the what is the cages called? Is it like a tumble cage or something so that yeah. you don't crush like yourself? A roll bar yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all they need for you to actually take them off road. Yeah, and that's been a dream right? of mine. And if that big rock ball comes at you, it won't crush I'm you. Good. You'll be fine. It'll just land on top, yeah. and then you're fine. Right? You're good. Yeah, yeah I'm digging yeah. this idea. Let's do it. <laughs> you have indie car races down Main Street, like in the old days with the Autopia cars. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, my favorite Disney park attraction vehicle is a two-part answer. Thank you. Oh my god. Uh, the short answer, <laughs> because it still exists, is the Disneyland Railroad trains. I love yep. trains, mm-hmm. but specifically yeah. the Lily Bell. Hot damn. Ooh. I love that train yes. car. <laughs> yeah. Ironically enough, I've never been in it. I, at least I've never taken a ride around the park in it. I've had the opportunity where a cast member was super nice and the train was not moving for a little bit. And he allowed me to stand at the door, take some photographs of it. And I just fell in love with that caboose. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, I, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Hazen likes Walt's caboose. <laughs> so <laughs> let me rephrase that. I love that part of the train. Yeah, I would love to see it. Uh, It's something that's been on my bucket list for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the long answer is technically uh, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. For all you nostalgic people, it is the Wedway People Mover. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason that I really love the People Mover is just because of the simplicity of those little vehicles. I mean, it's basically just a bucket that you're sitting inside mm-hmm. of with yeah. doors. But really what gets to me is the fact that this was the prototype of how Walt wanted people to get around at Epcot, right? This was part of what he wanted transportation to be like in this futuristic city that he was trying to build. The fact that it got close to 40,000 people around the park every day 
what kind of attraction gives you that type of capacity? Like that is Mm -hmm. like the dream attraction as far as getting people and churning visitors all throughout the day. And it wasn't an exciting thing. It wasn't a roller coaster or anything, but on a hot day, it was great to sit down and just relax. You know, it had a little part of an attraction to it when you went through the other attractions and Mm -hmm. uh, just the entire uh, the entire system itself, I wish, would make a comeback here at Disneyland. I know that they still have it at Walt Disney World, but if they could come up with some kind of compliant version of it and restructure Tomorrowland with it, I might have to change my answer. But in short, because it's still there, the Lily Bell, but the long answer is the People Mover. I like it. I like it. Either old train or future yeah. train. You like trains. Yeah. I love trains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we've established here. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Gavin, number two. What is your favorite quiet spot in a Disney park? So for me, this one um, was pretty easy, actually. My favorite spot um, to just go cool off, have quiet moments, but still be inspired Uh, is in Disneyland, in Town Square on Main Street. I love the Disneyana, Disney Gallery that's in there with the whole opera house. Like They've always got some sort of rotating exhibit in the opera house. Um, They've got Disney fine artists and a rotation of art that you can look at. And then, you know, you can also step in and see Lincoln if you time it right, you know. Um, I just love that building because it's one of the only places where you can go in and it's actually really quiet. Yeah. And so for me, it's Mm -hmm. the ultimate, like just chill out kind of detox from, you know, cause there can be a lot of chaos, a lot of noise and hustle and bustle in these, uh, in both theme parks. And so when you need quiet, you know, it, to me, it's just like, the quietest and it's always cool in there and i i just that's a an oasis for me that's awesome do you have a favorite outdoor um i think for quiet spots outdoor um fantasia gardens is always nice nice. um except for the smokers well that's not a thing anymore so that's true don't have to worry about that yeah if you get yourself way out there towards it's a small world uh, you kind of can escape everything out there too. It, it's nice. Yeah, that is a really yeah. good uh, spot. I had that as my close second because I have an indoor and an outdoor. But yeah, for my outdoor, oh, okay. that was my close second. Fantasia Gardens. Nice. Right on. Nice. Nice. Mill, favorite quiet spot at Disney at a Disney park? Uh, Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, great but spot. More where, um, I guess if I'm looking at the island on your right hand side. Because no one usually goes in that oh, area. Yeah. I know what you're talking and about. And then just to watch like the canoes, mm-hmm. Mark Twain, the crowds in front of pirates. I'm like, I'm chilling yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's restrooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm solid. Oh, yeah. I that there's restrooms over <laughs> yeah. there. It's a great mm-hmm. spot to take your food and eat, especially if you have something that's yeah. portable that you're not going to spill on a tray because if you have the tray, they're not going to let you over there. But if you have, like, mm. yeah. sandwiches in a bag or something, then you can take it over there, sit down and eat, and it's a fantastic place to just relax. And then go to the bathroom yeah. if mm-hmm. you have to go to the bathroom. I mean, I don't know your exactly. life. I don't know what you got to do, <laughs> but, you know, it is, it, it's there. <laughs> You do like yeah. That's what I'm saying. You do you. Uh, What about indoor? Do you have an indoor 
indoors actually the marine observation op- outpost. Oh, great oh, choice. Yeah. That's a good one. Great mm-hmm. choice. Only because I get really claustrophobic on Nemo subs. I really do. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's I I can't. So I just go there and it's just whew, you just come out refreshed. Mm-hmm. Great spot to <laughs> so, sit down. Yeah. Great AC spot. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fantastic spot. Um so for this one Part of the reason I asked you if you had an indoor or outdoor is because I have one for each. And I didn't want to feel like I was the only one. Uh, I hate to one-up you, but I have one for DCA as well. Because yeah. I won't give you the DCA one. How about that? I'll give you my Disneyland ones, but I'll leave you hanging on the DCA okay. ones. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. <laughs> and that'll be next time. That's right. <laughs> next time. Uh, so for my my favorite outdoor at Disneyland... It is the farthest most seats upstairs at the Hungry Bear, overlooking oh, yeah. the Rivers of America yeah. and overlooking yeah. the island. Uh, you occasionally have the Mark Twain, but if you're far enough, you're far enough away from all the music and the hustle and bustle. And all you kind of hear are the animals, the sound effects from the river. And it's uh, personally, I love to be in places with a lot of vegetation. And so that kind of you know, fulfills that need for me and it fulfills enough quiet where if I want to sit down, relax, eat and, you know, feel like I'm not like bothered by the sound, like that's the perfect spot for me. Uh, It used to be Fowler's Harbor, but for some reason that began to get inundated by people when like several videos on YouTube featured it as like the biggest secret you don't know about Disneyland. (laughs) And now everybody wants to be there. So that little corner where the ducks tend to go where you could like the little bridge um, where Tiana's new attraction is going to be, <laughs> you know, like that was a big thing too. But that farthermost part of the hungry bear, perfect spot for me. Uh, and then uh, as far as indoor is concerned, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the main street cinema because oh, yeah. it's nice and cool. I do wish that there was seating because I think the advantage that the opera house has where you were talking about, Gavin, you have the opportunity to sit down and you're in air conditioned room and everything and it's comfortable. But the Main Street Cinema, I mean, you're like watching Disney cartoons. And for the most part, 95 percent of the time that you're in there, nobody else is there. And it's secluded enough where if you concentrate on the cartoons that are being shown, everything else just kind of goes away. Yeah. Right. You can concentrate just on that. So uh, I would say those are my top places, indoor and outdoor at Disneyland. Nice. I like it. Yeah. All right. Question three. Gavin, what is your favorite place to people watch in a Disney park? Um, This one's a little tricky because really – Anywhere is great to people watch at the park. Um, you see all kinds of great Disney bounding wherever you go. And uh, I don't know. It's just fun to people watch. Um, so we've got several spots that we kind of like to haunt and just watch people, especially on like Dapper Day weekends or things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think my very favorite place to just sit for a while, maybe have a Mickey-shaped waffle and a cup of coffee, is the outdoor tables at the Carnation Cafe. And just seeing everybody enter the park through Main Street, like that's the most magical for me, especially seeing, you know, people like maybe arriving on the first day of their vacation and their eyes are just lighting up as they enter the park. And, you know, that's 
all of the anticipation you see on people's faces or in those first couple hours of people flooding into Main Street. And I, I just really enjoy that. So to me, that's uh, my prime spot. And I also just love sitting there and, and having breakfast or lunch or dinner, whatever it is. But uh, I'm usually there for breakfast and, uh, yeah. you know, having a, a cup of coffee there and just watching people stroll in. And uh, I don't know that it just brings me joy. Great choice, That's man. Cool. I love that spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Mel, what about you? Favorite place that people watch? Um, I'm not that far. I'm actually going to the hub, and it's by Matterhorn, by Pixie Hollow, that little oh, area yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, On yeah. the parade route. Uh-huh, yeah, yes, yeah, I should have yeah. just said yeah. that. I'm no, like, that's perfect. I'm trying to describe everything it is. But um, that seating area right there, mm -hmm. it's usually shaded. Yes. And a lot of the characters come out, and just seeing, like, the characters and how they you know interact with the guests or sometimes you could like or sometimes they're just there and you could just snap pictures i mean it's a it's actually a quiet spot for a lot of characters to come out so yeah i feel like that's the main route for all of the characters that go to fantasy yeah. land because they come out of that um cast member area by the bathrooms by the plaza mm -hmm. inn and they cut across yeah. the the pond or whatever and usually go up that side towards Alice in Wonderland unless they're mm -hmm. like the fairy godmother or whatever or Gaston and they go towards the castle. But yeah, that's that's very true. I always see every time I walk through there, I see characters coming or going. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. an awesome spot too. I love it. Um this is a really hard one for me because I feel like as a photographer, I feel like I have a lot of spots where I get a chance to sit down and snap photos of people if i have to choose one i'm gonna go with overlooking uh rue royale from club 33 oh my um, gosh humble brag much that's actually never happened but i figured <laughs> that if i put it out into the universe it will so universe there you go okay, that's okay. where i want to people watch from um no uh my my favorite spot uh is kind of cliche because it's if you're looking at the castle from like if you're standing right in the center with the partner statue behind you, it's the part to the left hand side right next to the princess fair. I love oh, yeah. the seats right there under that tree. Mm -hmm. I feel that you get just such a, a, a vast array of people, you know, the Disney bounders and families and you have the opportunity to see people that are seeing the castle for the first time and are snapping that photo and you see the excitement and you see the magic that it brings to people's faces. So like that to me is the essence of Disneyland and having that magical experience, uh, I think is just part of that magic. So uh, sitting next to the castle is probably my favorite place that people watch. Nice. That makes so much sense as a photographer. And I've actually mm -hmm. been to the park with you when you're hanging out in that area, like, taking pictures of people in their dapper outfits. It's yeah. so fun, man. I miss it. <laughs> yeah. If Dapper Day hadn't turned into what Dapper Day has turned into, I think I would still enjoy doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely evolved. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one day we'll be back. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. What is your favorite shop slash store in a Disney park? Okay, uh, this one was interesting for me, um, but I actually went with a store in downtown Disney, um, oh. and it's, of course, the Wonderground Gallery, uh, which features 
pretty much all of my favorite Disney-inspired artists. Uh, I really like a lot of the artists that they pick and the artwork that they do for that gallery because unlike the Disney fine art um, artists who are typically in the galleries in the parks, um, they aren't as bound by as many rules, such as, you know, the characters in the Disney fine art have to be what they call on model and, you know, be true representations of those characters. The Wonderground artists get to be a little more expressive and I feel get to really stretch their creativity and how they, um, you know, express their Disney message. And I like that a lot. That's kind of what I try and do with the Disney inspired art that I do. So for me, uh, it's hard for me to go to the resort and not stop by Wonderground Gallery. There's a lot of other stores in the resort that I like, but I don't make an effort to stop by them every single time. But Wonderground, I definitely try and stop at every single time just to see if there's something new or see if there's an artist there signing things or, you know, you know, just hanging out to talk with people, whatever it may be. That that's my spot, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great spot, man. I, man. Yeah. Yeah. Great spot. Mel, what about you? (laughs) So I was thinking about different things and um, I'll just throw my honorable mention because I did have one. It was the Adventureland Bazaar. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and I yeah. love how it looks inside. Excellent theme. But yes. my top spot actually goes to the Mad Hatter shop in Fantasyland. Excellent mm. pick. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, I rarely buy inside, but I love looking inside because there's just so many details. And then you have like the treasure cat that's disappearing unbirthday cake and then you could hear the unbirthday song right outside Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful chaotic store yeah (laughs) yeah the 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 exterior of it is so perfectly alice in wonderland as well Mm -hmm. i I agree i love everything about that little shop and I, i duck in there quite often uh it's got some cool I think they still have the cool stained glass in the windows too, right? So you get that cool colored light coming in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's pure magic. I I love that pick. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, So I'm going to throw out my honorable mention first. (laughs) And I just want to state that I'm kind of upset that this does not exist at Disneyland. And that's Memento Mori. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I... feel like we really need to push that Memento Mori makes its way to Disneyland. 100%. Yes. So because it's not at Disneyland and I've never been to Walt Disney World, I can't officially make it my pick, but it would be a contender for my top pick. For this exercise, though, I'm going to say the Main Street Magic Shop. Oh, of uh, course. Uh, yes. One, <laughs> one, it's filled with magic. Two, back when I was practicing magic myself, I would find myself in that shop performing magic for people all the time. And it was just one of my favorite things to do. And so just, cool. Yeah, I, I loved it. So the Main Street Magic Shop I is love my it. pick. I love it. Uh, before we move on, let me throw out my honorable mention because now I'm getting jealous <laughs> that everybody's getting two answers here. Uh, so Are you new? Do you know who you're dealing I know, right? with here? Yeah. <laughs> I should have thought of that. But I got to pick um, uh, a Cars Land store because Cars Land is where my heart is. And Ramon's Body Shop or House of Body Art uh, yes. is where I have bought more Cars merchandise there than anywhere else. Um, I've bought shirts. I've bought mugs. I've, uh, my backpack is from there. I've bought cars. Like, I love 
I love everything about cars. We all know this, but like Ramones is awesome. (laughs) I love it. Oh, yeah. Especially what they do in November. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With this whole setup and everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah, I if I had to choose one at DCA, that would probably be it as well until Avengers Campus opens <laughs> and I see what they have available. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on to questions about specifically the Disneyland Resort now. Gavin, what is the single most untouchable attraction at the Disneyland Resort that this attraction just cannot be removed? Yeah. Oh man, this this is uh, like uh, asking you to sacrifice your babies, kind of a question, right? Like, which one do you choose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very tough. But <laughs> I I I thought of it as not as less of a personal thing and more of a essential thing. Like, what is a part of the essence of Disneyland that if you remove it, it starts to not be Disneyland as much as it could be. And the answer I'm going to give may or may not surprise you, but I'm going to say the Disneyland Railroad. If you take away the Disneyland Railroad, it changes so many things. You know, it changes, you know, the the original vision brought by Walt. It changes the entrance. It changes transportation in the park. It changes so many things. And I I, I can't see Disneyland without the Disneyland Railroad. I can see almost every other thing changing. You know, we've seen castles get redesigns. You know, we've seen, uh, I mean, Pirates has changed so many times, you know, and we see complete overhauls of Space Mountain. And like, so I can see all of these things, you know, going away at some point or changing in some way that makes them fundamentally different. I cannot see the Disneyland Railroad not being a part of Disneyland. So for me, like, like, okay, they gave it a left-hand turn. That's fine. That's a minor thing, but like, that's it. Like, don't do anything else. <laughs> it can't turn left, <laughs> but now it can. Yeah, it's no longer Zoolander. Blue steel by the Disneyland Railroad. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Great answer. Wow. You have my vote, sir. Cool. Right? kind of no. have to rethink what I was going to say now. <laughs> uh, my honorable mention is um, Selfish, and that's Radiator Springs Racers. Never never touch it. Leave it forever. <laughs> I mean, they spent enough money on it that it's going to be a long time before they do anything yeah, with it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <clears throat> especially, oh, <laughs> especially considering how gorgeous Ornament Valley looks. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There's just no way yeah. that they're going to change that. Yeah. Oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Mel, what about you? Ooh, this question. This this question was hard because I hit the same dilemma during March Madness and I had to pick between Indy and Mansion. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys are killing me. Killing me with this. But I thought of, okay, thought of different things history-wise, what it's given us. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to say it. I'm going with Mansion. Mansion cannot go. Nice. As much as I love Indy, Indy could always change. I could see that. That's not going to be a problem because adventure always changes. Mm -hmm. But Mansion gave us something special and something different. And the fact that we just got Hattie back, do not touch. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. We're going to touch, maybe clean up a few things, but it's practically the most perfect thing that isn't an IP. So, Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, you know, it's funny because my thought process went very similar to yours. And mm -hmm. I'm going to show you, I'm, I'm going to tell you the progression of how I landed at my answer. Okay. So I'm going to work <laughs> my way backwards. The very first thing that I thought about was it's a small world. Okay. And the reason okay. for that was because of the significance that it had at the World's Fair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where Imagineering got its groove. And, you know, that's kind of what built Imagineering, right? The mm -hmm. ability to go create these things for the World's Fair. And then I thought, wait a second, but as far as cultural significance in the park, like all these Imagineers and the technology, it can't be mansion. I don't want to see mansion go. So maybe it's a mansion. Okay. Mansion's not going. No, but wait, but nobody can see the mansion. Like you can see the Matterhorn from the freeway. So if the Matterhorn wasn't there, then people would be like, where's Disneyland? And so I thought, okay, so it's the Matterhorn, the Matterhorn cannot go. And then I thought, wait a second, but the Matterhorn is... Like, it's not Disneyland. You see it from the freeway, but it's not Disneyland. Got to be Sleeping Beauty Castle. Why? Because of the significance to the park. It is the centerpiece. I know you said, Gavin, that castles get remade and everything. Castles, I think, are redesigned and remade at different parks because they need to distinguish themselves as different castles and different centerpieces for that particular park, which is why we're seeing that happen at Hong Kong. But at Disneyland... Sleeping Beauty Castle is significant because it's the one that Walt helped build. You know, it was his idea. Mm -hmm. It was there for him. Uh, he was involved in that process. And it's it's the centerpiece of the magic. I mean, kind of, even though Batu just kind of screwed up the <laughs> roundness of what Disneyland was. But, I mean, beyond that, like <laughs> Sleeping Beauty Castle just can never go away because it would remove the heart of Disneyland. You just made me sad because I'm like, it can never go away. <laughs> no, it can't. Like, they, it can't. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I feel like it would rip the heart out of Disneyland. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I almost I went agree. with that as well. So it, make, it makes sense. <laughs> so, but that was my thought process. I mean, I, I jumped That's around good. from like one to another. So nice. All right. Uh, moving on uh, to the next question. But before we do. I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcast is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. Who or what is the FGP Squad, you ask? They are a fantastic group of listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. That contribution gives you access to additional content, additional posts, additional giveaways, and all sorts of good stuff. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. And, of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Gavin, what is one DLR attraction that you would be fine with losing? So there's actually a few that I'd be fine with losing. Um, Let's get the but, notepad out. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch kind of in the Paradise Pier area that are just, I mean, they're at a million other parks, you know, like the Silly Symphony Swings. That's nothing unique to Disney. And the, the Golden Zephyr, it's kind of an old timey throwback thing. But I mean... It's nothing really, you know, you, you could get rid of both of those really easily. And I don't think most people would really care. Um, I don't think you need a second carousel. So uh, Jesse's could go away. Um, but really, I think there's one that actually should be removed at this point and really doesn't need to take up as much space as it takes up and uh, create as much pollution as it creates and as much noise as it creates. 
and as much boredom as it creates. And that's Autopia. Come on. <laughs> it is no longer a thing of tomorrow. It is a thing of long, long ago. And it's not up to Disney standards. Like the like it like especially when Honda took over and they put in what is his name? Asimo? Asimo. Asimo. Yeah. Uh it's uh, what? It's just not <laughs> nothing. It's nothing. And I it kind of is the I, I mean it, it you know, it's kind of about the bigger picture of Tomorrowland, which we all agree needs kind of an injection of something. But to me, like, it's the embarrassing corner of Disneyland. It's the one thing that, like, if I have friends in town and they're like, oh, let's go to Disneyland and I want to, like, show them all the cool things about Disneyland and DCA and the resort, I don't take them on Autopia. Like, that's just... It's the first thing we go on. I mean, <laughs> ah. It's not even good in the realm of like little like, uh, you know, car rides that you can get in, you know, like um, uh, what what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, uh, go-karts. Sorry, I could not think of that word. Like you, yeah. you can go have better go-kart experiences at other places. You know, I understand that they want these to be on a track and that's fine, but I don't know. I just it. It's got to go. I, I love what it stood for in its day, and I can appreciate the original Bob Gurr designs of all those vehicles, but we can make much better use of that area, i.e. a Tron complex or a Meet the Robinsons area or a Wally experience, something better than Autopia. Please refer to several Armchair Imagineering right? episodes available on podcasters.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, eighty-six, the Utopia. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's many people that would argue with <laughs> you on that one, man. Yeah. Nope, I mean, except none. I don't know. Maybe even Bob Gurr is like, yeah, you know what? Let's move on from that, because at one point I kept saying, like, what if you had Tesla? sponsor the cars, right? And you made them electric and remove the whole like sound and you remove, but. Like, even then, it's still Autopia. There's yeah. no... Yeah. Maybe if they added some interactive element where you were doing something along the track, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. that would help. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still Autopia, right? Regardless of who sponsors it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty so, much. Yeah, I get you, man. I get you. Yeah. Mel, what about you? Same page. <laughs> Same area. It's actually Nemo Subs. Okay. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, again, it's like space that could be utilized you know there's so much potential just just go to move the huge marine ap- observation outpost and yeah. you're good it's a huge yeah. amount of area between the the submarines and yeah. Autopia. the footprint that those two attractions take up are epic mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i don't have much to add to that except that my answer is the same as melissa's uh, I don't like, this. I mean, look, as, as far as the visual is concerned, you can get some really cool pictures out of it. But outside of that, yes, the footprint is very large. Uh, and in like the subs are super small, claustrophobic mm-hmm. feeling every single time. I don't fit in there. I just feel super uncomfortable, which is why the observation deck is such a great place to be. But as far as the actual subs are concerned, it's probably been a good 15 years since I've set foot inside one of those mm-hmm. subs because it's just so uncomfortable. So yes, yeah. 
Uh, I don't even think that revamping it would be good. This is just yeah, uh, no. let's do something else with that area. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Totally so. agree. Okay. What is the next IP that should be added to the Disneyland Resort? Yeah, this was really hard since we've always been talking about why can't they do attractions without IPs anymore? Uh, <laughs> but I think there are some interesting options out there, a number of which we've talked about in various armchair Imagineering episodes, um, which are probably my favorite episodes. And I think I'm not going to say my obvious answer, which would be Tron, because I believe that's eventually going to happen. I, I don't think that it won't. I have faith that we're going to get something Tron. Um, fair. So my answers to this, this is the one that I actually do have two answers for. Um, one is meet the Robinsons. I, I still believe that that could add a lot of color and vibrancy and enough futuristicness to an area like Tomorrowland that it could really inject some more energy into it, some more dynamic visuals and everything into it. And I can think of a number of cool attraction ideas that you can come up with it. So I think that would be amazing. Uh, I think another attraction that would be epic is Onward. I think if they bring in Onward, you could make a fun adventure out of it. You know, I don't know where they would put it. Maybe that will be in where the Nemo subs are. Maybe, maybe that that <laughs> could work because it can kind of play on fantasy and, you know, it could kind of be wrapped into fantasy land somehow. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You could even move the queue up to where the old smoking area was to the right of the Matterhorn there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that could be like an onward area. I think that'd be amazing. I think the story of onward is so good. The adventure they go on is so epic and uh, you could come up with a number of, you know, floating down river on Cheetos kind of attractions. Uh, So, yeah. One of my favorite pastimes, by the way, floating down a river on Cheetos. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like an edible raft? And uh, (laughs) yeah, so those would be my two IPs that I would love to see uh, considered for the park. That's awesome. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh man. I, I can't I, I could see both of them in there just fit in nicely and man, armchair imagineering, dude. I just go back and listen to some <laughs> of those episodes for Fantasy Land and Tomorrow Land and you know what we're talking about. Uh we actually <laughs> set up a section where you can pull up all of the armchair imagineering episodes if you're new to the podcast. Those are some of our favorite episodes to do. Go to podcasters.com in the upper menu. Just let the blog one kind of toggle itself down and you'll see an option right there that says armchair Imagineering. Click that. All of those episodes will come up and you'll be able to listen to them. And if you hear anything that you like, let us know. And then we'll just make the idea happen. I'll text Bobby <laughs> and um, we'll see how that goes. Speedo. <laughs> Man, so this question was actually really hard because my, yes, broken record, and my heart still set on it. And the only thing I could think of was Tron. My goodness, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point. It's like, we really do need new life in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the one thing I could think of. And I, you know, I thought about how we were talking about before, um, Atlantis. We're talking about Atlantis would be um, 
would be beautiful, but my goodness, my heart still wants Tron at Disneyland. Oh, heck yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry I'm a broken record on this one. No, it's all good. I think it's just we're just passionate about the things that we want to see in the park, right? Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, this one was hard for me because I feel that there's at least three thing, two things that I really want to see in the park, and one of them you probably wouldn't expect me to say. Uh, the first one is I would love to see Wally in Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're able mm-hmm. to team up with McMaster Robots and bring that Wally and Eve that we've seen at the D23 Expo and other exhibits. Uh, they just did such a phenomenal job. Oh, we saw it in uh, Pixar in real life also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. if you've seen Disney Plus and you've seen the Wally episode, uh, the Pixar in real life features that robot of uh, the Wally robot. So uh, to see that rolling around Tomorrowland, I just think would be super fantastic. If they came up with some kind of remote control that's hidden in a cast member's hand and it's just like a little joystick that they're using to move Wally around, they could interact with the Wally and they can make it talk and nobody would be the wiser because these remote controls would be hidden in their hands, right? And you Mm -hmm. don't have to have this giant RC controller to move them around. Uh, You could also add some AI and... If there's magic bands or something in the park, it kind of like auto scans a magic band nearby and like looks up and like, let's say, Mel, you're in the park, right? And it scans mm-hmm. your magic band. He'd be like, mm, Mel, you know, and all of a sudden there's like, <laughs> this, like magical experience <laughs> where like Wally's interacting with you, right? Like, I think that would mm-hmm. be super cool. Uh, and of course, if I ever had a chance to see it, which I doubt would happen now because of Alex Hirsch's relationship would be Gravity Falls, oh. obviously, but... I, yes. It would be a great thing to add. Where I don't know, maybe third park. <laughs> maybe it's a conversation for another day. Uh, but the one you probably wouldn't expect me to say is Anastasia. Uh, Anastasia, I think, would be a really great property to add, especially now that Disney owns Fox, because I feel that it would begin to meld the properties in with each other by bringing in a princess that wasn't like a Disney princess into this pantheon of Disney princesses, right? I know there would be a ton of people that would argue like, well, why aren't these princesses part of the, like, the actual, you know, ones that are, it's like, I, I don't know, but... I feel that bringing Anastasia in as part of, you know, the official Disney princesses would begin to solidify this merger with Fox and people would begin to see it a little bit differently. So uh, if I had to choose even over Wally, I would probably say Anastasia. Wow. Yeah, that is a surprise. Uh, But only for that reason, because it would be more palpable for people Mm -hmm. to begin to accept the Fox properties as part of the Disney umbrella. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. Okay, so yeah. moving on, especially considering that, you know, I'm going to take care of my other answer with this one. But <laughs> what is your favorite Pixar movie? All right, so everybody knows my answer to this, um, I think. But I will give an honorable mention because it is so close. Like, it's a virtual tie these days, but I, I still do feel like I have a favorite. But my, my runner-up that is just nosed out barely is Coco. Um, every time I watch Coco, I'm just floored. I just, I think, Oh my gosh, look at this masterpiece that they created. But personally, there's something about cars that just hits me in the right spot. It, 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 it tells a story that I love and it is, um, set in a, 
in areas that are nostalgia to me or nostalgic to me um, based on road trips that I took as a kid and just kind of the the American West and a lot of that landscape that I you know find inspiring is in it and the soundtrack and the story about two friends and I I don't know I just there's something so pure about the movie cars for me that I just continue to come back to it and feel something every time I watch it and it gave me this amazing land in cars land which I am so grateful exists in real life it's it's one of the neatest things to have happen as a fan of something for them to build an experience for you to walk into um i i just i'll never forget walking into cars land the first time and and it's all wrapped up in that movie for me um so yeah that's that's my answer and i don't if they can't beat it with coco i don't know that they're ever going to beat it for me i think that's always going to be my favorite yeah it's (laughs) such a great job yeah mel what about you Ooh, definitely definitely coco's up there and i i know i kept switching between that and inside out Inside Out usually gets me in the tears as well, but Coco is just can't. I I just it's just everything, everything. So definitely Coco is my number one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, it's hard to argue with both of you. I mean, I <laughs> I have such a hard time because my like my favorite all time Pixar movie has always been Wall-E, and regardless of how many tears I shed with other ones and you know how it gets me like. I feel like every Pixar film that I watch, I connect with for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Like Wally, for me, is just on a different level, primarily because, like, half the movie nobody says Jack. Yeah, you yeah. know, and there's those the robots emote so much in that time frame that yeah. it's just it's so beautiful like you feel so much and you never hear a person say a thing for over half the damn film yeah so like for me it's just a beautiful story but coco man like like that i connected with on a whole other level and you know we talked about that marigold bridge scene you know when we did the last disney tag and ah i i can't choose guys (laughs) i don't make me choose I Just say tie. It's a tie. <laughs> I, I, it's fine. I, I can't choose. That's I'm fine. sorry. Yeah, we'll let it. We'll it's let okay. it slide. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You, uh, what you said about Wally though is so true. Like in the history of animated feature films, it may be the prime example of pure visual storytelling. You know, because they don't need lines and lines of dialogue and exposition to tell you what's happening. You know, it's just nobody is confused by Wally. Everybody knows exactly what's happening in Wally without Mm -hmm. dialogue. And it is probably Pixar's best love story. Like, I I can't think of one that I would put ahead of it. And it's just so pure and beautiful. Uh, Yeah, it's a great pick. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so moving on to the next question. What is your favorite Marvel movie? I feel like I know the answer to this one, but do you? <laughs> Maybe. I, you know mine. I, I'm I'm pretty like I I don't know, like if I had to take a should I guess or should I You can guess, I'll let you guess. Uh I feel like it's Thor. Uh, but not like regular Thor. I want to say it's like Thor Ragnarok. I see, you just know me so well. Uh really? my favorite <laughs> Avenger is Thor. 
for sure. And that's my favorite franchise. I like, I only like a smattering of the Marvel movies, to be totally honest. But there are two franchises that I like all of, basically. And it's the Thor franchise and the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. And to me, the movie that kind of encapsulates the energy and comedy of both of those franchises the best and makes for the most entertaining movie to me is Thor Ragnarok. So nice. That is yeah. my pick. <laughs> nice. Although as an artist, like visually, I really still do love what they did with the first Thor movie, uh, especially, um, you know, all of those, that fantastical city that he lives in and the, the bridge. Um, I don't remember what it's all called, but I just, I love all of the visually. It just looks stunning yeah. to me. It's beautiful. But yeah, Thor, Thor Ragnarok is just freaking hilarious to me. I love uh-huh. Chris Hemsworth, my other man crush. And uh, it, it's just great. I, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great pick, man. It's it's weird because I feel like I've possibly used the I know him from work <laughs> more than like any other line from any other movie. <laughs> and it's not even like at the top of my list. Like I love that film and it's not even at the top of my list and I've possibly quoted it the most. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> funny. I love yeah. Jeff Goldblum too. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's yeah. amazing that movie. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that movie actually was my honorable mention. Nice. I just I that's like one of the first films that caught me like really laughing. And don't watch this on a plane on the first time. I will say that because I <laughs> think I ruined a lot of people's sleep. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm like, oh, whoops. That's but funny. yeah, that's an honorable mention, a strong one. But my film is actually gonna be. Avengers Endgame and it's just how everything comes together I've been watching this movie like I think I've seen it at least four times since been here at home four or five nice (laughs) but I mean it's just like that film where the music and the way everyone comes together and they're fighting the bad guys and you can't top that so that's my choice for Marvel films nice that's a great choice. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. Usually when people ask me what my favorite Marvel movie is, my answer is yes. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah. I mean, if considering what they did, I've always considered the Infinity Saga one giant movie. So, yeah. yes. Uh, if I have to choose one, though... Uh, I'm going to say the Ed Norton version of the Hulk. <laughs> uh, wow. And now, and now that the laughing is out of the way, I can give you my real answer. I'm going to have to agree with Mel. Uh, Endgame, you know, hands down. Like I've, I've said this before. It's done what no other movie or movie franchise has done. It just wraps up, you know, over a decade's worth of, you know, storytelling mm-hmm. in a way where it wasn't a happy ending, you know, and that's so close to real life that, you know, it's not something that you normally see in movies. And for such a giant franchise to not give you this happy ending everyone was waiting for to end it that way, like, dude, that it it scarred me. Like to this day I'm still holding on to that and it still makes me sad. I still tear up a little bit when I think about it. 
I've seen Endgame five or six times, you know, since it since Disney Plus, you know, became available to us. I, I, I get to that part and I can't hold it back. Like it always gets me teary eyed. The the scene with with all the portals when they're like cap to your left and like everybody's yeah. coming. I'm like, ah, yes, here it goes. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's just so full of emotion. I, you know, for that and more uh, end game. If I have to choose just one. So you guys are saying that I should watch this movie eventually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars or LucasArts movie? So this one actually has gotten harder for me in recent years because I feel like the last couple of Star Wars movies were fan-freaking-tastic. Um, but my heart belongs to Indy. And my favorite LucasArts film is probably always going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the one that kicks off that franchise. And to me, it's the it set the bar for adventure films that has still not been topped. I think a few films have kind of come close um, over the years. Um, Last Crusade might be one of them. Uh, But yeah, Raiders of the Lost (laughs) Ark... as far as filmmaking goes, it, it's such a pure film. It, like the art involved in the storytelling is is so great. In the first scene in this movie, like the first ten minutes, you don't hear a single word of dialogue from Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but you know everything you need to know about Indiana Jones in the first ten minutes, and you yeah. are he is your hero from that first mm-hmm. ten minutes. You're like, oh yeah this is the guy like i love it i love it so much i've always loved archaeology and you know this kind of romantic era of archaeology and he is like the perfect embodiment of all of that and you know you got the perfect enemy in the nazis like you can't go wrong yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i love it so it's very 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 top of the top for me but honestly i feel like the Rise of Skywalker and uh, The Last Jedi are, are really, really good, too. I, I am The more I watch them, the more I love those two movies a lot. I still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. Oh, dude, it's on freaking Disney Plus. What are you waiting I know. For? I heard. Somebody told me it was. <sighs> I just I haven't. Okay. Which, if you I'm going to watch Endgame, you're going to watch Rise of Skywalker. Deal. I will watch it after Hamilton because by now, you know, I've lost count of how many times I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we just went off in the last episode about how much we loved Hamilton. (laughs) And so now my kids and wife are probably sick of me watching it. There you go. (laughs) So, so there you go. All right. Mel, what about you? This was a fun question because I'm like, I get to gush. I'm gonna, it's gonna be indie, it's gonna be an indie film. It's gonna have to be a tie though, this time. So it's definitely Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. Nice, because those two together bring me everything that's at Disneyland. So, those films and the characters, I mean, (laughs) it's just awesome. It's just awesome. So, yeah. You know, Indiana Jones is such a perfect protagonist also. And I know that that's a huge statement, but there's so much 
adventure and what he brings to the table that it's almost hard to not instantly connect with him right it's just mm-hmm. like this good looking yeah. archaeologist dude that's out you know doing his thing and you know it's it's a superhero on a different level almost you know yeah. but it's a it's an attainable superhero you know and and i think that's what makes people like that's that's why so many people connect with him yeah you know so yeah indiana jones like that that franchise is something special man I, I I dig it. Uh, it's not my choice, um, <laughs> but uh, this I mean my choice for this one is probably going to surprise some people, and it's a film that possibly some people have never seen or heard of in years. And it was actually a collaboration with Henson Studios, and that's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, uh, mm. very good. Especially having David Bowie in that in that film yeah. was just like so iconic. Uh, it's it's kind of a musical, but it's like a it's all fantasy based, and um, I I don't even know if it's on Disney Plus right now. I haven't even uh, looked for it. I think it, it is. I don't actually. think is it really? I think it is. I've seen it somewhere recently. I thought it was Disney Plus. I mean, I should look for it. If it is Disney Plus, then fantastic. Because I now that I'm saying it, I feel like I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, Labyrinth is just one of those films that once you watch, it, when you watch it, you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. But if you love it, you love it. It's like it's just amazing. Yeah, it's definitely movie magic, is what it is. It's yeah, yeah. It's un- undeniable. Uh, it's not on Disney Plus. Yeah, I didn't think it was. I don't think it was, oh, but I, I hope that it makes its way to Disney Plus soon. Yeah, that'd be considering cool. Considering that we're going to be getting some Muppet stuff soon. Oh, heck yeah. I'm hoping Yay. that there's a deal that's reached for some of these other films as well, mm-hmm. which actually leads us into our next question. What is your favorite Muppets movie? Oh, my gosh. There's so many good ones to choose from in this question here. I You're so stressed. I, this is like Gavin's like, yes, I, answer. Yeah, yeah. The Muppets have a very – they're like the Lin-Manuel Miranda of entertainment genres. They're, <laughs> like there's nothing like the Muppets. They're, they're their own thing. They always have been. And there's this signature um, wit and delivery – that Jim Henson gave us that is it's it's a signature thing and I just I just love the Muppets and and all that they're about my my honorable mention is going to go to Muppet Treasure Island um, as oh, we know such a solid choice from our Treasure Island yeah. episode I am a huge fan of that story and of the Disney live action film and many versions of it. I just I love that adventure, Treasure Planet. It's that's great. But Muppet Treasure Island with Tim Curry as the villain. Come on, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to yeah. beat, man. I just love it, and it brings the signature comedy. But I think I'm just gonna go old school origin and say the Muppet movie, the original, is still my favorite. Um, you know, it, it is you know, was created under the watchful eye of Jim Henson himself. And I just, it it has his magic and his fingerprints all over it. And I just, I love it. I I never tire of watching it. It is delightful. If you've never seen it, do yourself a huge favor and watch the Muppet movie. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. Mel, what about you? This one actually wasn't hard. Um, For me, it was, 
Muppets Take Manhattan. Nice. And nice. this is the one that I like. I remember as a kid mm-hmm. being exposed to the Muppets, and I still remember to this day how Animal ran up the stairs after the woman <laughs> screaming after her. <laughs> that will always stick in my head. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so, so good. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't go wrong with like any. People will argue that some are worse than others, right? But like honestly, even the the newer ones with um, uh, the guy from *Hi Met Your Mother*. What's his name? Um, uh, Jason Jason Siegel. Uh, Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. I, like even those <laughs> are so good. You yeah. know, I, they all have catchy songs. Um, but if I have to choose one, uh, I'm gonna answer it with a question. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? So good. So the original Muppet movie, man, I can't like it brought us rainbow connection. And regardless of any other song, like that song is just so pure and so beautiful. And it's one of the masterpieces that Jim Henson brought us. I I can't, man. The original (laughs) Muppet movie, dude. All the way. So if I remember correctly, I I believe you were also in the audience uh, for the 2011 Disney Legends ceremony where they inducted Jim Henson, right? And they did the live performance of that. (laughs) No, I didn't see that. You didn't see it? I didn't see that. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I... Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? YouTube exists for a reason. There you go. That's how I tour the parks, and that's how I watch things I didn't get a chance to go to, yeah, i.e. Right. E., all of Saturday last year <laughs> and the mansion panel and all the other stuff uh, I missed. But, I mean, I'm not bitter. Yeah. Well. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because we're only like a month away from when tickets should go on sale for the next expo. And the one time I'm ready for them, <laughs> I don't have anything planned. You know, it's all ready to go. And now look where we are. Yep. Sheesh. Sheesh. Just hold on to it. Sheesh. Yeah, just be ready. I know. All right. Okay. Uh, next question. What is your favorite Disney nature slash Nat Geo documentary? All right. So you guys all know that I'm a nerd about this stuff, too. Um So I'm going to give an answer for both Disney Nature and National Geographic. Um, My favorite Disney Nature film, I've talked about it before, uh, is African Cats. Um, Mm -hmm. It is so magnificent. The filming, the cinematography of that movie is so incredibly impressive. I'll never forget seeing it on the big screen because nature films aren't often on the big screen. So you, you don't get that same experience but i i got to see this one on the big screen and just watching a cheetah in full gate across a giant screen in front of you is just oh my gosh it's incredible um mm-hmm. it's the reason that the cheetah is my favorite of the wildcats uh is this ah. film it's so good the story that they set around it is really beautiful um uh, it's just amazing i i've always been fascinated by um, Africa, its landscapes and its animals. Um, it, it's really, uh, inspiring to me. I think that's one of the reasons why I like, uh, Lion King among many reasons as well. Um, that to me is still their best of the modern era of Disney nature films. Although the, the newest one elephant is 
astoundingly beautiful. I loved it as well. Um, but um, on the Nat Geo side, there's a new one that came out, which is a very different type of documentary. It's almost like a documentary about people who would make a documentary about an area of Africa. And it's almost about them discovering a new area of Africa that hasn't really been documented. And it's fascinating. And it's a documentary called Into the Okavango. So there's this area of Africa that a lot of documentary films have been made about, about this giant floodplain where, you know, each season this area floods and all the wildlife kind of congregates around this area. There's several areas like this in Africa, but this is one of the biggest ones. Well, nobody ever studied the river and the whole area of land that leads to this floodplain. And so it's this journey of these people that go up to the, the headwater where the river begins and travel all the way down the river to this floodplain over the course of four months. It takes them to make this journey. It's a huge area of land. And along the way, they're cataloging everything that they see. They find new species of birds, new species of fish. Like they see all kinds of stuff that really has never been filmed or truly documented before. And it's just an amazing glimpse about a truly wild and undiscovered place that still exists in the world. And so yeah. to me, I, I just watched it recently um, and it it was mind blowing. So, so, so good. It's on the Nat Geo channel on Disney Plus. Um, so you can totally watch it. It's called Into the Okavango. And oh, my gosh, I can't recommend it highly enough. That's awesome. Nice. All yeah. right. I'm going to put it on my list of stuff to watch. Yeah, same here. Love it. And totally. yeah, if you've ever like wanted to know what it feels like to be in a tiny little canoe and um, have hippos. Just ride the Nemo subs. Have hippos legitimately <laughs> threaten your boat or, uh, or crocodiles from Africa legitimately threaten your tiny little boat. Uh, this like puts you right in that scenario. It's intense. Oh, what? Yeah, dude. It's Ooh. oh, it's so good. Did their ears wiggle and everything? <laughs> oh, the bubbles, everything. Ooh. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Nice. Nice. All right, Mel. What about you? Um, my choice for this one is Disney Nature's Crimson Week. Ooh, yes. And it's. Probably okay. Sad to say, it's probably the only one I've seen. But I'm—it's because it's the most majestic animal in the whole entire world. <laughs> Stars in it. It's my favorite animal. Unicorns. So yes, it. I love it. It's about Close. unicorns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um. No, I've been meaning to see more. It's just that one's the only one I go towards the most, mm -hmm. and it's because I could watch them all day. So. Yeah. It's a good one. And and Hazen's thinking, and that score, man, that score. <laughs> yeah, that's He too. took the words right out of my mouth. Moving <laughs> oh, on. <no. laughs> yeah. That's honestly that's exactly what I was gonna say about it. Because I had one for each also. Well, kind of. Uh for Disney Nature, I I would choose the Crimson Wing specifically for the score. I mean that's it's resonating in my head now, now that we've mentioned it. And so now I'm gonna be listening to you know that as soon as we're done but i mean <laughs> the mystery of the flamingos dude like poof once it's in your head yeah. you cannot get it out but for net geo i think i've talked about this before like and, and it's one of the reasons i love gravity falls so much is that growing up i was really into just like s mysterious things all around the world and so it's 
kind of a tie between the Easter Island Unsolved and Stonehenge Decoded because like they both kind of like border on that like mysterious like where did this come from and who built these towers of mystery and I mean Easter Island we kind of know a little bit more about it now but growing up I was all about reading about this stuff right like if I could go search for a Yeti I would if I could go out (laughs) looking for Nessie I freaking would but of the ones that are on Disney Plus now, it would probably be the Easter Island Unsolved and Stonehenge Decoded. That it just sounds so cool. Okay. Like I- there there's one that you need to watch <laughs> called Chasing the Equinox. Have you seen that one? No. Put it on your list. It came out really? last it came out last <laughs> year, dude. It's and I think it talks about Well, it doesn't talk about Easter Island, but it definitely talks about Stonehenge. The, it no, it's about how all of these ancient sites around the world aligning with the equinox is a thing and how they do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And dude, what it ends on is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's yeah, chasing oh, the equinox. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. There was one I, I haven't searched for it. Um, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus right now, but there was one that I remember watching before about the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. Um that I thought was really great too. I don't, I should search for it, but yeah, the Knights Templar and all that stuff was something that I was really into for a really long time. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, super cool. Uh, I, I just love that style of, of storytelling and mm-hmm. when you dig into these ancient secrets and everything. So that, that's where I'm going to, yeah, those are my choices. Uh, okay. And the final question in this round is, what is your favorite non-Disney animated movie? And man, Gavin, I had such a hard time with this one. <laughs> Tell me about it. This was the hardest one, I think. Uh, as you all know, I'm, I'm very much into animated films, not just Disney. Um, I helped found the Animation Station podcast with Josh Kane. And that's all we would do is we would watch animated movies and then geek out about them. And that's basically, aside from like documentaries, um, I really just watch animated films. That's all I do. So I love animation. and I love the world of animation that we have now because it is much more accessible to all types of people as far as creators. So we have viable animated films coming out from around the world telling amazing stories you know studios like cartoon saloon um is one of my favorites they've just hit it out of the park every single time um they they've got a film called uh the secret of kells which is very high on my list um as well as song of the sea um you know there's uh stop motion animated companies like leica and uh, Ardman animation that are doing stupid, awesome films. Um, but honestly, when it came down to it, I, I came back to a really strange place. And, um, I think as fans of the Disney Renaissance, we all have to admit that Jeffrey Katzenberg just has some sort of genius in him that allows him to create dynamite animated films, especially if they're musicals. And I honestly feel like Prince of Egypt is still DreamWorks Mm. Animation's best film. And I adore it. I think the character design, I think the storytelling, the the drama that they created with it, the set design, the lighting, the effects, 
everything in that movie is so well done. Even the CG, they were doing a better job melding CG with 2D than Disney was doing at the time. And so you don't get that really like leap out of the screen moment uh, that you would for a lot of the the Disney films in that same era. Uh, So for me, after much hemming and hawing and tearing what little hair I have out of my head. (laughs) That's where I'm landing is (laughs) Prince of Egypt. But if anybody wants recommendations for scores of other films from uh, other countries around the world, great, great films to watch. I've got plenty of other suggestions, but I'm staying domestic with this one. Nice. (laughs) Man, and I want to say that the Prince of Egypt soundtrack also had like one of the top R&B songs around that time with like Boyz II Men and Mariah Carey yeah it was the what was it called um, oh shoot I can't remember the, Wait, I, I know Mariah I know Carey? I have the melody yeah I do too and it was on the, uh, I know you're shining down yeah, it's on, on the fantasy album from heaven right yep that's the one yeah 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 that's yeah. the one that was like in the end credits yeah yeah, I, um, yeah. it also has the I can't remember but the cast is ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Val Kilmer, Ray Fiennes, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, girl with the, the voice. Girl. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, I mean, it's got so many people in it, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Man, that's a great choice, man. Yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah. <sighs> Mel, what about you? This one was actually easy because this <laughs> is the one film that I bounce back to if I'm not watching a Disney film or if I'm just listening to just just the soundtrack alone. And it's Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Nice. Mm-hmm. And this is like my favorite. I mean, it's up there with Nightmare. Like the the style, the color palette, the music, like everything is so it's, really it's just good. It's perfect. Yeah. So that's that was it. <sighs> I was like, cool. I could answer this one right now. You have <laughs> you're making this so hard for me. Mel, did you happen Sorry. to see <laughs> the Curse of the Were Rabbit? That's good too. Did man. you see that movie from Ardman? It's the Wallace and Gromit movie. I think I have. Okay. I think I have. That one is. I I love Corpse Bride. I I love it to death. But I, I mm-hmm. have a, there's a very special place in my heart for Ard, Ardman Animation. And those movies came out the same year. And Curse of the Were-Rabbit actually beat Corpse Bride for the Oscar for Best Animated Film that year. And I was so shocked and happy that it did because I thought, there's no way it's beaten Tim Burton. There's just no way. But it did, and I was very happy. If, if you haven't seen Curse of the Were-Rabbit out there, see it. I, I feel like most people have seen Corpse Bride, but a lot of people haven't seen Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah. Man, Curse of the Were-Rabbit is really good. Uh, Wallace and Gromit holds a special place in my heart, too. So oh, I, mean, yeah. I love those cartoons. Oh, so good. Um, so I'm going to tell you why I had a problem with this one, because the argument would be, well, they weren't Disney when they were made, but they're Disney now, so yeah, no, that I have to count yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, well, it didn't in my head. And so I'm going to tell you my thought process. <clears throat> okay. 
Okay. <laughs> so thought process went, I'm going to have to go with my all-time favorite non-Disney film, The Iron Giant. Yes. And I thought, damn it, it's Fox. It's Disney's now. <laughs> okay. Okay, no problem. No problem. I can do this. I can do this. I'm going to go with the Peanut movie. Oh, man, Blue Sky is now part of that too. <laughs> and to top it off, the Peanuts movie's coming to Disney Plus next month. Yep. You know, so I thought, yeah. okay, I, it can't be that. And then I thought, okay, um, it's between two. Like if I had to choose and and one was distributed by Disney for a short time, which is why it's kind of like, eh, maybe. Um, but Kiki's Delivery Service was yes. never distributed by Disney. So Kiki's Delivery Service is certainly at the top <laughs> of my list, but it's kind of tied with Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, like, yes. There's oh, something yeah. so special about those two films mm -hmm. and the stories that they're telling. One obviously is stop motion. The other one is traditional animation. But I mean, if you've never seen either one of those, um, especially all the stories by Miyazaki, like a Castle in the Sky and Grave mm. of the Fireflies. Oh, my neighbor. Bring Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Like they're so <laughs> heartwarming and heart wrenching at the same time. Like, ugh. <sighs> But yeah, I mean, of all of those, uh, it's funny because Kiki's Delivery Service was probably the fifth movie by Miyazaki that I saw. Mm -hmm. But yeah, of all the ones that I've seen, like that's the one that sticks out in my head the most. And Have you seen I... Porco Rosso? No. You've not seen Porco Rosso? Mm-mm. Hazen. That has no. to be the next animated movie on your list. I don't know anybody that has it that I can borrow it from. Uh, how can we get this to you? Oh, my gosh. You have to see Porco <laughs> Rosa. Do you own it? it? Yeah. Oh, mail it to me. I will pay for postage. Okay. Uh, is it? Are they not <laughs> streaming anywhere right now? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah, you definitely need to see that one. You've seen My Neighbor Totoro, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. A lot of these, uh, thankfully, I own because... Uh, I, I don't know how prominent it was in other states, but here we had uh, an electronics store called Fry's Electronics. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Fry's Electronics had a lot of anime and it had a lot of films from around the world mm -hmm. in their DVD section. So uh, for a long time, I was able to find a lot of these uh, on DVD. And so I own a good amount of them. But um, yeah, Porco Rosso is one of the ones I never had a chance to see. Um, Whisper of the Heart, I never saw. My Neighbors the Yamadas, I never saw. Um, Killing yeah. the Smalls. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, those Miyazaki films, man. Whew. Yeah. They are something special. Indeed. Uh, okay, so that's going to wrap up this edition of uh, Insert Name Here. <laughs> we I don't I still don't think we found a, a good name even after debating it at the very beginning. So we're just gonna call it the Disney Tag 2.0 for short, and then we'll probably come up with a name that will be inserted at a later date. But if you want to partake in this one and you want to share some of your answers, feel free to take a look at all of the questions over at podcasters.com slash three seventeen. You'll you'll be able to uh, just copy and paste them, put them in an Instagram story, join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and let us know what your favorites were. If there's any particular questions that you connected with, let us know and let us know what your favorites were for those questions as well. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Major look. <laughs>